And then we'll close in a, in a short uh, sermonette, if you will. Is that cool? Uh, so be engaged, uh, be ready, um, and, uh, and, and be ready to listen. We're going to invite Bobby up first. Uh, Bobby's supposed to be... <laughs> Bobby's supposed to be in COD right now, so i got to have him, him go. He's got to get back down the street so he doesn't miss too much of, of class. You're going to use this mic, man. I don't need the mic. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, need, you need the mic. Every time someone says they don't need the mic, they need the mic. Um, now, now listen, I, I want to uh, preface uh, his, his testimony by saying Bobby has probably only been coming to uh, Midtown for about two months, right? Yeah, and uh, in that short period of time, he's, he's recognized uh, that he needs to be here and he needs to be plugged in. He was looking for a place to teach him the Bible. Now, we don't have everything figured out, okay? Uh, but this is one thing we take really seriously, and I'm, and I'm really glad I'm going to tell you in front of everybody, I'm really glad that you're here, Amen. and I'm thankful for what the Lord's doing in your life, and, and I can't wait to see what the next two years looks like. If two months looks like this, I wonder what two <laughs> years will be like. So Thanks, uh, go ahead and please share with us. Awesome. Yeah, so my name is Bobby. Um, most of you probably know me. There's a lot of you I haven't met, so I'm sorry about that. Kind of slow, you know, master procrastinator. So um, I just thought I'd share a little bit about where I'm coming from, where I'm going, and then a little bit about the retreat, too, and hopefully get it in under three minutes, if that's possible. Um, so, uh, just a little background, like my parents are missionaries to West Africa, um, I grew up in a very Christian household, like my whole immediate family is, is saved, um, and then I, I came to UMKC, this is my fourth year in Kansas City, came to UMKC, I'm in the sixth year medical program, um, and that first year, uh, they make you do like 85 or 90 percent of your undergrad degree in about a year and a half, so I took 45 credits my first year um, in college, which is like insane, that's like a, I don't know, like a third of your full degree, so, um, yeah, so not the net up there. But anyways, um, yeah, so I got really burned out after that first year. Um, I just started watching, like, tons of Netflix. Um, like, seriously, like, I'm ashamed of the amount. Like, I won't even tell you the amount of hours. And, um, but all that just led to complete burnout, and I just stopped caring, right? Like, I became apathetic and indifferent to what was going on around me. Like, I was going to class doing what I needed to do. Uh, but didn't really care or see uh, much value um, in what I was doing anymore. And, you know, obviously, um, that still rolled into my into my walk with God because God was a large part of my identity. So, um, yeah, so I stopped going to church. I had gone to Graceway that first year on and off. Um, got connected with a guy there named Micah that Brandon knows. Um, it, it, he's involved with international medicine, and that's what I'm hoping to do at some point. Um, and so I met on and on, on and off with him, um, even through, like, the two years, these last two years that I haven't been going to church regularly. Um and then about two months ago, I woke up, and uh, God was like, Bobby, like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing, bro? Uh, you're, like, wasting this life. Um, and I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, and so I just got down, and I repented that Thursday. Um, and the next Friday, Mike and I had had a, a meeting set up, and I met with him, and I was like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm really ready to get back in the body. Like, where do you have any suggestions? And he's like, you know, I, I go check out Midtown. You know, he's like, that's, they're really solid. I think you'll really like them. Um, go check them out. So then that Sunday, the first Sunday I came here, uh, like, I had gone, like, 20 yards in the church, and, like, three people were like, oh, I don't recognize you. Like, here's my name. Like, Cheryl was one of the first people I met. Um, so, of course, like, didn't really have much of a choice in going to Kaya afterwards. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, so that was that was pretty awesome, you know, just to see, like, this church really comes together um, and, and really invests in people and making sure that they do become disciples and you didn't even know me. Like, hey, how's it going? Um, and so, like, I'm hoping still to, to go into international medicine. Um, so after I graduate, like, my dream, not to say that this is, like, 
uh, you know, God's put his blessing on this or anything, but I'd really like to start 10 hospitals and orphanages between Central Africa and Southeast Asia, so do like a little loop through the Middle East. Um, and people spend their whole lives doing one, so like, by no means does that have to be the end goal, but um, that's what I'm, I'm building towards. Um, and recently over the retreat too, I was really uh, challenged by what Eric said and that he was trusting God to provide for him a job um, that would keep him apart of his body until he was ready to be sent. Um, he didn't want to be a one long. So, uh, and so that was really challenging to me because of it, it can be hard to get into residency after medical school, um, especially if you want to be a surgeon. It can be even more, uh, more tightly focused. And so um, just trusting God that he puts me in a hospital in Kansas City um, where I can still be a part of his body until I'm, I'm ready to be sent. So um, that was one thing I got from the retreat, so that's a nice little segue. Um, but yeah, so, so I guess the retreat for me, like, um, to be honest, like I, I, I was kind of neglecting my, my personal devotionals uh, with God really making minimum effort, like probably only 15, 30 minutes a day, um, about a week and a half going into retreat. So I came into the retreat empty, not really ready to, not the ready to be filled type of empty, you know. Um, and so when we were, we were studying all this out, um, it just blew my mind, like learning about um, the context and learning, I mean, there are like, what, 16, 17 principles, I think, we didn't even get to all of them. Um, and I thought, like, before that, like, if I busted out a commentary, like, one commentary to, like, study the Word of God, I was doing, like, thesis. So um, <laughs> it was, like, really humbling for me. Uh, but, but through that, um, God, God grabbed my heart and was like, man, like, you love me, you know? Um, like, you can see throughout the whole Bible, like, I mean, God created man out of love, you know, in his own image. Like, even when, when Adam and Eve, like, sinned, he didn't just come down on them and judge them. He's like, where are you? You know, because for the first time there was that separation throughout the whole Bible. I mean, there every every book speaks to Christ and, and the love that God has for us. Um, I mean, to the point like Romans five eight. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Like even when we're at, at our worst, like he, he still comes and meets us where we're at. And so um, he's like, all right, like that's me. Like I've made the first step, first of many steps in every area. Um, like, are you ready to meet? Because it's not a relationship until it's reciprocated. And so, while I have been, I haven't been giving it my best. I haven't been honoring him. Um, and he's like, man, the degree, like, the word. Man, I didn't bring my Bible up over there. Uh, so, the, the word is my heart. Like, this is this is the cry of my heart. Like, you, you have me in this book. Um, so, you do want to know me. You do want to love me through that knowledge. Um, and so, like, the degree to which you study this word, the degree to which you apply yourself, like 2 Timothy 2.15, that you be a working unashamed um, is the degree to which you reciprocate that love. Not that my love will be conditional on that, but the more you do that, the more you will come to love me and the more you'll be able to love others. And so um, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me from the retreat is, yeah, we have all of these tools, but we have to use them in order to be equipped to better love our Father and love others and reach this world that is lost. Because in the end, like, that's all there is, you know, and, and I mean, even just like the first hour of cross of discipleship, I was just like humbled again. I'm like, man, God, like that's all there is, is just to obey you, you know. He, he who believes obeys, and he who obeys believes, you know. And so like, I will love, and I will obey. Um, so just to, to reiterate, there are a couple verses I had. Um, like First John, uh, not First Jonathan, 5.2 and 5.3. Uh, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Um, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Like, they're not burdensome, they're not hard, they're not a law to be obeyed. 
I mean, just, just go to Psalm 19. That's like 176 verses of people just being like, yeah, this thing's awesome, you know? Um, so go check that out sometime. Um, and then Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Um, and then Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Man, to work out our faith with a fear and a trembling pleases our Father. And like he is holy, holy, holy. And the fact that we so far from that can still be things that are pleasing to him simply by responding to his word and knowing it is just, it devastates me. Um, so, yeah, that's me. Um, thank you guys for listening. Just a brief background. I'm from Hong Kong, and I got saved actually like 12 years ago, I think. But I didn't like know how to study the Word of God, and I didn't know how to walk with God um, until like these few years. I know more and more about God, and I uh, plug into Midtown, um, and I've been through discipleship and um, I I think the retreat to me is my answer of prayer because I don't know how to study the Bible myself and but I when I look back I know how God holding my hand um, and answer my prayer step by step um, starting from like discipleship and how we turn from the uh, SOT method to discovery method. And because as a beginner, I was kind of scared of all the, the SOT method because I think <laughs> everyone is an expert in comment share. <laughs> but yeah, I think discovery method really helped me how to start learn to study the Bible. And now I was in D2, which is really great because um, the assignments uh, really need you to uh, learn how to justify your standpoint mm -hmm. and um, you need to find some cross-reference and to support your view. Um, I was um, doing co-discipleship with Jimmy, co-Gabby, um, and then I think the new materials of the directions also change a lot because 
I think the old one is really good, but at the same time, the new one requires you need to like think a lot about the gist of that verse, and also like um, just to learn how to um, present the main idea of the verse. Um, so, and this retreat is obviously very clear. The topic is how to study the Bible, and um, I thank God for linking my experience what of what I've been uh, going through to the message of this retreat, because um, um, the first few things I want to uh, talk about is um, God wants to simplify things, but man tends to complicate things. But God is not the author of confusion, exactly. and and I think Eric has uh, emphasized that you need to always take the Bible literally until God tells you not. And um, so I think a few days ago or last week, I have a conversation with James and Janina about um, I have a question that can women preach, and of course they. Um, they tell me very clearly and with biblical answer that uh, women actually cannot preach in the church. Um, but uh, at first, I don't want to follow this idea because um, my church in Hong Kong actually allows women to preach, and um, that church is my another family. So I tend I tend to not admit the fact that they are doing wrong. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to stand as a gray area or confusion because um, I was like trying to um, manipulate the word of God that always says. So in First Timothy 2, it says all oh, women should be silent. But um, at the same time, I think maybe they can preach, but it's just they cannot be the headmaster or the, of the church. So... I was kind of struggle, but um, I spent time with the word, and I spent time with in prayer that God actually reveals me that His word is very simple and direct, and I just have to take it. Um, so, what I want to share is um, when we study the word of God, we try to um, interpret in our own way to in order to support our will and um, but once the Holy Spirit tell you maybe oh it's not the right way to interpret the word and I think it's good to struggle as Eric has said it's good to struggle and to wrestle with the word of God and not just to um, tell um, just to obey or follow what Mikai has tell you you have I think being through this struggle, I think um, I learned to how to um, get the message from the scripture, and I think every time you have confusion, God actually will um, reveal Himself to you if you really cry out to Him and tell Him your struggle, and He will just use everything like. 
even though after the prayer and I also have another conversation with James um, and I clearly know that um, the word of God is clear of what is said and uh, even after that God keep um, showing me and reassuring what I believe so it's just so good and lastly I think uh, I want to share the first thing that we talk about in a retreat, which is uh, the desire. And I think to me it's like first tea for the word of God. Because um, if you know me, I'm a very sensitive and always anxious. And I will tend to analyze um, everything according to my first feeling. And it's resulted in overthinking and it's overwhelmed me a lot all the time. Um, but no one wants to swallow by the negative feelings, but to fill up um, my heart with the word of God. Um, because his word is mighty and it's powerful and it is my guidance and peace. Um, like before I know how to study the word of God and really put it in my heart, when I feel anxious, it may be bothering me for maybe few few weeks or a month. But now I can um, overcome it for maybe a day or few weeks. Um, yeah. But God is changing my heart uh, with His Word. Um, so I hope that after this retreat and after what I've learned, I hope I can um, apply it to my life. Um, just to, for example, just to be punctual to meet God and to go on a date with God. And um, even though we have busy life and distractions, and for me, it's, I have emotions and tiredness all the time, I don't want it to be my excuse to sacrifice the time with the Lord. And um, just um, we have been told, commit to it and let our emotions follow. Um, I'm so grateful to have this local church too. Um, I have many good influence and um, giving suggestions to me and um, brothers and sisters hold each other accountable and encourage each other. Um, so it's just so joyful to show the word of God and understand him stage fright, so forgive me. I'm going to be a little shaky. Um, I, uh, everyone's kind of given a little bit of a testimony, so I'm going to give a very, very brief one. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of grew up as a Christian. You know, I've, I've always believed in Christ um, as a Savior, but I've never really took him as a Lord until probably about like three years ago. And, uh, you know, and, and without having a Lordship with Christ, it's like, you know, you're just kind of loosey-goosey with everything. And I ended up getting into drugs and, and lust and all these other things. And, uh, you know, and God met me where I was. Um, and it, he scared me to 
to death. I mean, it was, it was a pretty, pretty scary thing that happened to me at one point, and I'm not going to get into too much detail with that, but, um, you know, it scared me so much that I, just, I ran to him, and I got into his word, and I started praying for a church, and um, I just want to just, through, um, through your workplace, I mean, that is like the mission field, and, I just, and because to me, um, the person that brought me here and was my original disciple was Torrance Coleman, and, uh, <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I'll hold it back, you know, just hold the wall together, okay, uh, that guy, uh, guy I would listen to all my life, just vain, I, I used to study some stupid stuff that didn't have anything, and he would sit there and just listen to me, and then, you know, um, through that guy, he got me in this church, Okay, um, he got me in this church. The girlfriend I had at the time, she ended up getting saved. Okay, um, so, um, you know, um, you know, going into this retreat, I, I knew a lot of us been in the Bible. I've been here for three years, so, you know, you kind of get that just through listening to the awesome teachers that we have um, and what they give us. And, um, but it was the, so going into it, I kind of already kind of had like the, the dynamic of studying the Bible and Eric did a great job just kind of breaking everything down on what to do, um, and, and how to do it. But it was Brandon's messages that, um, that, uh, why we need to study the Bible that really hit me the hardest. And I think the part two, which was on, um, Friday night is what really hit me. And um, I just want to start out just by, you know, reading that, you know, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and, and instruction in righteousness. And um, one thing that I do, you know, I, I just like about a year, like almost, actually only like nine months ago, I was idling the, the girlfriend I had. I wanted to get this house. Um, I wanted to get this job. God completely took all of that away within like a two-month period. <clears throat> and, um, you know, some of those things I, I, I really wrestled with and, and I really wanted, but it just wasn't my time yet. And uh, what I do when I, when I have those kind of stressful thoughts, my flesh automatically goes to doing is it tries to numb that with, um, with sleeping. Like, I, I have a really big nap problem. I know that's a lot of other people. Uh, and, you know, but whenever stress hits me and my body just automatically goes into shutdown mode. And and that, that it comes in through video games. It comes in through watching Netflix. I'm a big Friends guy. Like I, I will, I've watched it four times over, you know. Uh, and and it's, it's just a way to just keep me from really getting reproof um, and keep me from the problems when I really should just bring it to the throne of God every time. Um, go straight to prayer, um, and you know the, the conviction that I got, which was one of uh, Brandon's pictures, was you know um, your your car getting uh, inspected every year or whenever you get your license. And man, when he said that, I was like, oh no, okay, here we go. So like, you know, you know, we get our car inspected, and and you, they they tell you you have all these problems with your car. There's all these problems with your car, and 
and we just don't want to deal with it. We, wanna, we don't want to pay that cost of fixing that part. We don't want to pay that. And um, we just go ahead and just ride with it. And we end up breaking down every time. We end up breaking down. I broke down every time. And the only way that you're ever going to fix those problems is taking it straight to God and reading his word and getting those problems fixed. And uh, that was just a really big conviction of mine because I'm, I'm, I'm I just – I live off just, you know, maybe like I'll read a verse in the morning or something. I'll try and live off that the entire day because my, it's just my flesh. I just, I just don't want to get up in the morning. You know, I'll sit, I wake, my body wakes up at 545 every morning all the time. But I will lay there for an hour because I don't want to get up and deal with the problems of life for at least until I absolutely have to. And um, that's something that, that has to change. I mean, I have to get up. When I get home, I got to get into the Word. Um, it's just, you know, God's worth it. I mean, God's worth everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, his word is worth getting into. Um, you know, uh, one of the ending quotes that we had in that, in that sermon was, we must know God's word with, I mean, we must know God's word with our um, knowing because without the study of God's word, there will be no power to save or sanctify and uh, our mission is to save. God gives us that mission through his word, tells us how to deal with the problems that we have. And without doing those things, nothing will get fixed and no one will get saved through you. Um, God can't use you. So that's one of the main things that hit me. So. Like he breaks that monotony, 
day I wake up and I get something new from the Lord. And again, it's like so simple to trust me, spend time with me. Um, I hear you. I'm with you. Like so simple. Um, and it's just been so sweet because I know you know it's going to cry. Um, it's been so sweet because a lot of times I'm lonely and I'm stressed and he's there with me and he walks with me. And something out there always tells me is that Jesus is sitting there studying with me, and that's um, been such a huge comfort. Um, and because of this, like, it's hard being away from you guys. It really is. But um, I've always struggled with, like, truly loving the Lord. And I I've always wanted to, like, really mean that. Like, I do love the Lord, but I've always struggled just, like, actually believing that and like living that um and um just the fact that like lord's the lord speaks to me through his word like in the most simple ways and a lot of times it's like profound ways too like um it just increased my love for him to see him as my father and as my friend who walks with me daily who has something new for me um and so kind of the the second part that I wanted to share, so I only got to go to retreat for Friday night, so I heard Brandon's message Friday night, um, and then I was there Saturday as well, and um, so for a lot of you guys, like, this is probably not new for you, but um, as I keep walking with the Lord, I just keep realizing how everyone around me, like, for them, truth is so relative, like, one of my best friends um, at school, she's not a believer, like, whatever is good, like being a good person is her, her religion and that's how she lives. Um, and, and that's just such a common theme, like anywhere you go, but especially just in vet school, these, these students, like that's their entire life. Like that's the epitome of their being is to become a veterinarian, which is just beyond me. Like I want to do it, but it's not like the end all be all. Um, and as the Lord just like keeps placing these simple truths in my heart, um, it's just encouraged me um, to want, like I know we always should be doing this, but even more I just like realize um, how like my friends need that truth. Like I'm stressed and I'm not perfect, but even a couple weeks ago I had finals week and um, I just had so much more peace. Like it was still hard, but because I was spending time with the Lord, I just had so much more peace and knowing that it doesn't matter. It's going to be okay. Like I get to have hope in the Lord and it, it just breaks my heart that there's people at school who are literally just striving like in their own flesh and they don't have any comfort. They don't have a father that they get to talk to. Um, so Brandon's message just like encouraged me like that truth that brings so much peace and hope in my heart is exactly like what my friends need. Um, I'm like totally veering off of my notes. So, um, and, and so something else I realized is like, I'm such a people pleaser. And a lot of times, like, I don't, I don't want to tell someone, Hey, like this is truth. And actually, sorry, you're wrong. Like that just seems so harsh for me. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I don't think, but, um, but just realizing that even though they reject me, like they, they're rejecting Christ, um, they, they still long for that truth. They don't even realize it, but they need that truth. Um, and um, something silly that I do is 
just like to help me meditate like on the Lord throughout the days I just um will write like a little phrase on my hand or write on a note card like this week I wrote um rock on my hand and it was I think it was from Psalm 40 it was just like placing my feet upon um the rock the Lord being the rock um and so it's just encouraged me to like be more prayerful about like opening up those conversations and like not being afraid um I feel like I'm talking a lot but I have one more thing um and so this is kind of random but so recently I've been like doing a bible study with believers at school and um that's been kind of hard just because it's not like necessarily through my church but no worries like my pastor knows about it I told him about it um and I, I just feel encouraged to know like Either way, like, we're reading the word, and that truth is going to get to their hearts, and, like, I'm I'm praying that, like, lost girls will come and study the Bible with us while we're at school. Um, I don't know. So, the truth was just wording that. It just, like, we hear this all the time, like, spend time with the Lord, read the word, but really, like, that's how he's going to speak to you. That's how he's going to comfort you, and your lost friends around you, they need that comfort. They desperately yearn for that. They just don't even realize that. Um, so I've been reading in Psalms, and I've been in like Psalm 40 for the past week. Um, but one thing I was thinking about is Psalm 40, verse 9 through 10. It says, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the congregation. Um, and that was just really convicting to me. Like here David is like declaring how he has shared God's greatness to the congregation. Um, and so that's my prayer is to be able to do that as well. Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And 
didn't know this, but God calls himself I am that I am in the Old Testament. Two different books, two completely different stories. Like, And like when I realized that, I was like, oh, there's something there, you know? Like he says, before Abraham was I am. Like it's a mic drop from Jesus calling himself I am that I am in the past. You know? so, and so from there, I realized that the Bible was for me. There's something that Jesus wants to tell me, right? And so that's why I was coming into the retreat. You know, I've been reading the Bible and the things that you learn, guys, these are like years of classes in LFBI and discipleship. Like if it came at you as a fire hose, it should have. Because hermeneutics talks about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Bible survey takes you through the Bible. So don't think because you didn't get it this weekend that it's not for you. I think we can get into that spot. And so my testimony of the retreat was, was just that. Um, my flesh came out heavily and it, it showed me how, how much I'm still a young person in the sense that I want to be right, and I want to be right the first time, you know, so if I didn't get it, like, if I don't get this the first time, then I'm just like, what the heck, no, then have I been doing everything else right before that, like, have I been saying the Bible how I should have been studying it, you know, like, the devil uses these things to creep into my mind, and say to myself, well, have you been studying the Bible, do you really know what Jesus is trying to say, and so these big thoughts and big ideas get into my head about how, you know, how I've been reading the Bible in the past and how I'm going to read it in the future, you know? And uh, the cool thing is, though, when we talk about context, that should only help you study out the Bible. It shouldn't take away from what you've already been doing, you know? And so I I thought, I liken, I liken, I liken this unto a cake, okay? <laughs> where, where you can cut the cake, right? You can say, this book of Matthew is to the Jewish people, Romans through Philemon, and this is what they preached on. It's, it's to the church age, to the churches, right? And uh, you can take all that and you can start cutting it up and know where it goes, but inspirationally, it's all for you. It's, it's supposed to be to your heart. It's supposed to cut you, you know? And, and the coolest thing is, is with every cake, there's good icing. And like the icing on top, like the icing that cuts that cut up cake is Jesus Christ. Like, you guys don't get this, but the fruit of studying the Bible, you see every week when Brandon gets up here. He's teaching you exactly what he's doing. What, what Eric explained, it's exactly what they do weekly in their studies to bring the word to you. And, and like, it just got revealed to me during the retreat that churches don't do this. There's always in a church, in, in different churches, there's a priest, a pastor, somebody with authority, the audience. You know? And there's this gap, there's this valley of, of knowledge missing there. And so it's just cool that we have leaders, that we have friends, that we have just, you know, Bible study leaders. I have Miles and Uriah, like people who want me to know the Bible for myself. Yeah. And that's my start, you know. Like anything I got out of the retreat, one, I can't wake up on time, I was late to AV. And then two, <laughs> I, I get to start reading the Bible. And I get to start reading for myself. I can continue that, I can learn from it, it can cut me, and it's all for me. And that's the God I serve. share a little bit, very little um, summary of what God has done over the last like 10 years. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I moved to Kansas City um, to follow God, and I was very sincere in my um, desire for that. And um, I joined a community in South Kansas City that um, the internet
National House of Prayer was birthed out of. And um, what I saw in my life, um, in looking back on it, and what I saw in a lot of other people's lives that are part of that community, um, is a sincerity to, to follow the Lord. But um, the problem is that when you don't trust that the Bible has been preserved and that it's been inspired and that um, you have God's words and you have God's voice in those words, then um, when you don't feel like you have that, when you don't have that assurance, then you have to start looking for God's voice in other ways. And so um, this is just one of probably four different ways that I was trying to approach God, but um, through like mysticism and um, through uh, hearing people um, pro- self-proclaimed, I would, I would call now false, false prophets, but um, giving the word, of, the word of the Lord, speaking. Um, and uh, they would be telling prophecies. And if you could imagine... Um, going throughout the week and feeling like you couldn't hear from God until you got to a Sunday morning service or a weekend conference and the only way that you could hear the word of God was through the speaker and that the only way that you could find out the the true destiny of your life or the true mission for your life was through um, this this big wig prophet and if they didn't give you a prophetic word then um, you're probably doing something wrong or somehow you might be in sin. That was really um, the feeling I had. And so um, just in coming here and uh, being a part of Midtown, I think uh, it was really hard to first get here. But um, through the patience of leaders, through the example, through – what I would say, taking on the Brian model of really um, testing what you're hearing, coming out of the pulpit and what and from your peers that are leading Bible studies, and um, and seeking the Lord. God's God's been faithful to me to show that like in the morning when I wake up, I can hear His voice. Um, that Jesus Christ is the is the the intercessor, you know, for my life and, and the reason why I can stand before God. Um, and so I'm just thankful for that and thankful for uh, all the ways that, I mean, I remember uh, James, James and Rosie, uh, we went out to New York to, um, to uh, go to Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I remember being in a hotel room with James, and uh, we had just heard a very popular speaker um, teach on the Bible. And, um, and I just remember James being like, man, I wanted to hear more of the word. And I was just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, the guy said such brilliant things. And James is just like, I wanted to hear more of the word. And uh, I just, uh, that that's exact. we have God's word. And it's like, we don't need some intellectual or some prophet to be able to hear God for ourselves. So that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell. Thank God for that. We've got just a few minutes left together, and um, and so we're gonna we're gonna get in God's word uh, just for a moment, and 
Again, you know, there was two kind of primary functions of the retreat this weekend uh, for those of you who were, were there. And for those of you who weren't there, um, hopefully this will catch you up a little bit. But we, we talked about uh, really two different things. First of all, why we need to study the Bible in the, in the evenings. That's what we discussed. And that was with the preaching surrounded. And then the mornings were actually how-to. And, uh, you know, when I first, uh, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was, like, just me and Eric. I, I think Miles had something to do with this. We had conversations about what to do for this year's spring retreat. They're usually very practical retreats. Uh, we intend for them to be practical, something very hands-on, something very uh, easy to take home. Uh, and we mentioned how to do a how to study the Bible thing. I thought that was the most ridiculous idea I'd ever heard because, uh, a lot of times when we do retreats, we think of them as needing to be uh, relaxing and uh, chill and inspirational. And we don't often think that we're going to have a lot of work to do when we get there. Um, and this retreat was a retreat where we had to do lots of work. And I think that um, for the people who are maybe further along in their walk or have been around for a while and have been studying the Word for a while, there's a really great refresher. Um, but our ministry is very uh, different uh, in that, that like, we have this huge group of people who just come into this kind of like, you can study the Bible for yourself world. Like this is very new. And I think in some ways, while it was like lots of good and inspiring information, for, the, for people who are a little new to this, uh, people who are in discipleship right now, to get this content and to get this material, it can be a little overwhelming, right? Am I right? Uh, and, and maybe even a little bit discouraging, where it's like you're sitting there and you're hearing things for the very first time, and you're thinking to yourself, how come I've never known this? And let me tell you real quick, um, there's a, a good friend of mine, you guys know John Kinder, right? Well, he grew up in church, a church very similar to the one that I grew up in, right? And uh, I remember uh, when he was about 19 years old, I had just gotten married, I remember uh, I, had, I was still in college, and, and we had a day off together, and we spent some time together, and we were just talking this was sometime shortly after my brother died. He and I were having lots of deep conversations back then. And um, we started talking about this issue of, of studying the Bible. And we started talking about some of this content. And we talk, started talking about uh, the idea of dispensations and divisions in Scripture. And these are things that he had never heard before. And I remember there being a moment, he might not even remember this, where he just started crying. And he said to me, how come no one ever told me? He felt a little bit gypped off. It like hurt him. It like cut him uh, to the core that he could be in a church that believes the Bible, but no one was giving him the ability to get a hold of it and study it for himself. Like that's the type of church I grew up in, where you go to church on a Sunday morning and you expect the preacher to give you everything, and that's what you have to get through the week. But no one's ever showing you like how you can study it, as though you have to go to seminary to do that, as though you have to spend four years in a theological school to get a hold of God's word. And I want to tell you right now. The, the retreat was about um, dispelling that idea. Okay, Even though it might have been hard for you, it might have been discouraging in moments, the reason we did the retreat is we wanted to, to dispel for you the idea that you can't do this. The Bible was written so that every man, woman, and child could understand it. And that you could have, have to get a hold of it. And the older you get and the more mature you get in the faith, the more meaty the word gets. It's built that way. We constructed it at that level. God is so good. Now, I want to, real quick, um, as we close, I want to mention a couple things. God's word is inexhaustible. And if we don't have simple principles, folks, these principles that you learned for the very first time, some of you, if we don't have principles that guide us 
then we will end up in error and we will lose the surety of the words within it. In our world today, many, many churches have handled God's word without discipline, without the principles. And what comes of that is two different things. The first thing that can come out of that is heretical dogma. All right? Well-intentioned people with good hearts, they want the right thing. But they get a hold of a pet doctrine because they haven't been taught principles of God's word. And they get a hold of that pet doctrine and they trumpet that thing. And one of the issues that we landed on this weekend was like the thing that kept coming up is speaking in tongues. And so we promise you that in the coming months we're going to address this as a topic and we're going to study it out and we're going to help you. We're going to help you understand what the Bible says about that. Okay, that's just one of the things that came up. Now you don't need to feel like, like because you believe a certain way that you, you, you shouldn't feel gut punched. Okay? This should be a challenge to find out what God's word actually says. But my point to you is this. There's a couple things that can come out of it. If you don't actually study the Bible the right way, you don't look at it lawfully, right, with principle in mind, and you don't divide it rightly, you can end up in a church that's teaching a pet doctrine, and you can obsess over that thing to the ne neglect of the entirety of Scripture. Okay? That's one thing that can happen. There's another thing that can happen. You can approach God's word with flippancy. Okay? Many, many churches do not practice uh, a form of theolo uh, or a theological system, and they don't have principles as they approach God's word, so they don't have a clear set of, uh, of Bible study uh, ideas or concepts that they can hold on to. And so they approach God's word with kind of a, like a throw-your-hands-in-the-air approach. Like, well, we can't really understand it, and so we should philosophize about it, and we should talk about it, but really what we want our church to be is a place where we can practice morality. Now that, that in America, is probably becoming the most, uh, the quickest growing form of church today. And, and th so this throw your hands in the air attitude, uh, in time this results in human beings inventing their own private interpretations of scripture. Some of you may be familiar with this from, from your past churches and your past experiences. But it leads them to rely on history and science over the inspired words of God. That's what happens. And I'm going to show you a quick video, if you guys can pull that out just real quick. Um, I'm going to show you uh, a video that came out. Some of you may have seen it before. It's Andy Stanley. I don't know if you know who that is. And he's speaking to his church, starting about six minutes and 30 seconds if you can. He's speaking to his church. Uh, hopefully this works. If it not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, which is, a, it's a mega church. You guys know who Andy Stanley is? Big deal, right? His father is Charles Stanley, right? And Charles Stanley, uh, at a young age, established a work a church that grew and, and it grew to be a TV ministry that impacted people all over the world. People accepted, so many people have a testimony of accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through uh, Charles Stanley's ministry. Now his son, uh, as you can imagine, he kind of just adopted ministry. Like it was expected for him to be in ministry. And uh, his dad has a mega church, and so he should have a mega church. Right? His dad went to seminary, so he goes to seminary. Now, are you guys ready? Is it? Do you think it's about ready? Um, I want you to listen to what he says and the content of what he says, and then I want to just real quick recap what he says and expose some things that I think are very evident in the way we see church today, and, and, and a danger that's happening in our church. Um, so if we can manage, video is always a problem with this. Every time we try to do video, it's it's a problem. Um, Okay, there we go. There we go. Now, if you can get it to about 6.30, that's where we want to be. Right in there. 
That's a sweet spot. Now, if we can uh, get audio, that's a whole other problem. <laughs> Sorry guys, this is yeah, no, I apologize. This, video this is, is kind of how I roll. Let me, let me just give you a recap. Andy Stanley's addressing his church, and he says, the, he pulls up on the screen, it says, uh, hey guys, uh, many of you, you know, the problem with church today is that many of us have, have, have learned, uh, have, have walked away from the faith. And the biggest problem with uh, the church today is that we are um, uh, antiquated in the way that we see uh, our faith. And so he pulls up on the screen, and on his screen it says, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. He's like, everybody grew up with this song. Everybody knows this song. He's like, but this is the problem with church today. <laughs> this is the problem with church today, is that the whole of our belief system relies on a book that is antiquated. That doesn't apply. And whenever we see contradictions in science and history, things that contradict the word of God, uh, then, then we suddenly begin to doubt our faith. And, he, and what he does is, he points to the idea that... Uh, that at the end of the day, what we need to do is to learn to let go of the Bible, okay? Hold on to the morality of Scripture, okay? Uh, but we need to be able to openly discuss it, but not hold on to it too tightly, because if we do, then Christianity falls apart. Okay, so listen to me. This is, this is the point. That he, he thinks that the hope of Christianity is letting go of the Bible. Like, he's got it figured out. His elitist, uppity... Perspective is the perspective that is beginning to dominate the church today. And it's incredibly dangerous. And that is why we need to have a retreat like this. We live in Laodicea, okay? And you guys have heard this term before, right? You guys, when we talk about Laodicea, we're using a portion of Scripture. If you turn to Revelation, turn there real quick. At the beginning of Revelation, it opens with an invitation for us to consider... Seven different churches. And Jesus is talking, Jesus himself is talking to seven different churches at the beginning of Revelation. And, and what we've come, in, as Bible studies, we've come to recognize that those were actual historical churches, and then there's a historical re relevance to each part of that. But of those seven churches, they've come to actually represent ages throughout church history. Since Christ's uh, resurrection, those churches have been kind of transformed fired throughout time, and we can, we can even earmark how they match the way the church has, has evolved and, and, and how, what it's turned into. And, and so when you read about Laodicea, you quickly realize that that's the church age, that that description is very similar to the church age that we live in, and it happens to be the last church age. So when we talk about the rapture coming in any minute, this part of, uh, of Scripture is actually an evidence for the fact that Christ can come back at any moment, right? Now let's read about it real quick. It says in Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through, oh, I'm sorry, three uh, verses 14 through 19, 14 through 19. 
And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write, These things saith uh, the Amen, and the faithful and true witnesses, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. Oh, he's getting ready to assess them here. I know thy works. Okay, get, he's about to get exposed. That thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Harsh words, right? Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that, and, and that the sa uh, shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, and, uh, zealous therefore, and repent. This is a description of where we're at. This is a description of Andy Stanley and his church. This is a description of the majority of churches in America today. We don't recognize that we have to be desperate for God's word. And if you study out this passage, what God is calling his people to do is to turn back to his word. That's what he's calling them to do. That's the repentance that he's calling them to. You understand? Now, what I want to say right now is that we, Kaya, MBT, we need to be the Philadelphian church age in a Laodicean period. We need to be a different one of the churches, the previous church that's described in this passage. We need to be that church in the midst of a Laodicean time period. Let's read about that church real quick. Verses seven through nine. And the angel of the church in Phil uh, and the and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things: saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou art a little uh, strength. And that's what we are, aren't we? We're a little strength. And hast kept my word. And hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. We need to be a Philadelphian church in a Laodicean time period. Mm -hmm. If we don't, listen to me, if we don't decide to do that, we will lose all power to seek and save the lost. And we will grow milk toast and elitist and foolish. As a ministry, we have to be devoted to the word of God. We have to be determined to study it. We have to be serious about, about the principles of, of Bible study. We have to be serious about them. And you don't have to understand everything at once. You just have to be determined to take one step at a time. One step. And trust that the Lord is going to grow you. In closing, um, I, wanna, I just want to, let's turn to Proverbs 22, 19, real quick. What purpose does the word of God hold for us? Well, well Psalms 19 tell us that, that in them is great reward. In the, in, in the judgments and the law of God is great reward. Proverbs 22, 19 says this. That thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day even to thee. I mean, God's made his word known to us, Right? Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge? 
that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that, uh, that send unto thee. This is, the, this is the heartbeat. God wants to make his words known to you, that you might make them known to others. That is what we do. And if you call your, yourself a Christian and you're not about that, then I question whether or not you should call yourself a Christian. Maybe you should refer to yourself as something else. But if you cannot believe and be determined in the whole of Scripture to study it and know it, then how can you know that Jesus rose from the dead? How can you know that, lest the Bible tell you? What the Bible teaches, that's what we determine to know. And that's what we give our lives to. And that's what we're going to continue to give our lives to. That's what this ministry is going to be about. And I want to invite everyone anew to be about that work. I want to invite you afresh to be about that. Join with us. Okay? We've got a room full of people that just walked out of COD, and they're coming down here to hang out with us. And those people are the new babies. And we are either going to invest the right things in them or not. We've got so many people who are just now learning, to, learning the word of God for themselves. We should be so excited. Guys, this is not a time to rest on our laurels. This is time to buckle down and be determined. We are going to reach the world. James and Rosie are just the first in a generation of hundreds of people that will be sent out of this church. I said it, hundreds. They'll be sent out of this church and out of this ministry to reach, to reach the, the world for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for our weekend. We thank you for the fellowship. We thank you for the joy uh, that we walked away with from worship and, and knowing your word and learning your word. God, would you help us to be more uh, intentional about studying your book? Uh, Lord, would you make us more intentional about speaking the doctrines that you've taught us? Lord, it's our responsibility to evangelize UMKC. It's our responsibility to evangelize Longview and Penn Valley and Kansas City Art Institute and so on and so forth. God, give us the unction to speak the things that we know, even in the most simple ways. Give us strength. It is our responsibility to live as the Philadelphian church in the Laodicean church age. Would you show us and teach us how to do that? In your son's name, amen. amen.